Um, so today on the Narrow Road podcast with Within You, uh, we've got Steph Thomas, um, author of three best-selling networking books and the UK's foremost authority on business networking. Uh, Steph Thomas, thanks so much, Steph, for, for doing this. I really, really, really appreciate it. No, thank you for inviting me and, and for the big up just then, actually. Um, I like being introduced like that. I, I, um, I always enjoy talking to you anyway, Danny. So, so doing this and us being recorded, um, yeah, I just like that. Yeah. I just like the idea of it. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Steph, because, you know, what, how this has come about is, um, Steph, I've, you know, I've, I've listened to you speak. I've, I've been at events when you've spoke. You've, you've quite great, gratefully spoke at an event I've run. So I've known you for, we've known each other for, what, it must be eight years or so, you know, We've got, you know, sort of a mutual friend in Brad, Brad Burton. And how this came about is that I read a post that you put on Facebook, which knocked me socks off. And I listened to Brad's podcast where you, uh, one of your three now what moments was um, what we're going to speak about. And that just thought, I just thought, shit, if more people did what Steph's done, it would help everyone. So... I'm conscious of the time. Could you just give us a quick introduction for yourself, maybe your background, Steph, and why we're sat where we are now? What do you think maybe has happened? Basically, you know, a timeline as to why you think we're sat here now. Yeah, I reckon that business networking show, which is when you introduced me on, on stage. Um, Best entrance ever. I, I think that was 2013. Was um, 2013 or 2014. So that's six no, or seven years ago. 15, maybe. Might have been was it okay? Ace of Spades with the best that entrance was... I have ever seen in any event or anything. That was fantastic. The crowd were going berserk, weren't they? Fantastic. Oh, and isn't that isn't that a great place for us to start? Because I I'm I've always got my props ready. So so that's who I am. I'm I'm the author of Business Networking for Dummies. I speak on stage. Um, up until lockdown, I was living the dream and and, and speaking all across Europe and. Yeah, I do do this very childish thing when I'm allowed of having ace of spades and having dry ice when I come on stage. And uh, and I'm sort of living the dream. And, and I think that's maybe why people were surprised. I, I wanted to get it out of the way this year because it's, it's two years since it happened. Um, people were surprised that, that I've been in mental hospital and, mm. and not by my own choice. Um, and, and, you know, relatively recently as well, I had... Um, I, I had one career, um, started working in 1983, working in shoe shops. But then when I left school in 1988, I then went on to have a 20-year career in a state agency. Um, left that in 2007 and got into this networking thing. And then, you know, since 2007 now, I've, I've been asked to write books on networking and, and speak on stage and that. And, and despite all of the outward stuff, looking like I was um, successful, I guess. Um, I, I was completely broken inside to the extent the, the post that I, I, I made um, July the 5th, 2018, um, I, I ended up being taken to a mental hospital. Um, and yeah, I, I just wanted to talk about it. I, I, I never knew whether it would help people and I'm really flattered that you say it, it has. Um, I sort of wanted to get it off my chest. I felt like I was hiding something that, that people didn't know about me. So that's why I started talking right. about it. Was it, was it a bit cathartic or was it, as you've said, maybe you felt like you were not putting words in your mouth, but like not cheating people. You wanted people to know the real Steph or. No, you've, you've hit on exactly the right word. You've hit on exactly the right word. I felt like I was cheating people because yeah. when I, when I've been sat down here working today and I've been mainly just, just working and typing stuff today. And then when I know in, in three minutes time, I'm going to be on a podcast with Danny and I'm going to turn the video on. It's almost like I get into my, my stage character yeah, yeah. and that's, that's still me, but it's probably slightly smilier, slightly bigger version of me. And, and because I'll I tell you what it is, why I felt I was cheating people because Facebook for everyone is, is everyone's edited highlights, and I'm, I'm, I'm really aware of that. You don't get to see um, 
oh, what did it used to be called on the telly? Um, I can't remember what it used to be called. Um, you don't That's get the blooper reels. You, yeah. you don't get the outtakes. Uh, it'll be all right on the night. Oh, you yes, yes, those, yes. That's what I was yeah, thinking yeah. of. Bit snarden, was it? So, so when, you look at, when you look at my Facebook, all that people were seeing was, I've been on stage, I'm on a plane, I'm out with my sons, I'm in a pub somewhere. You didn't get to see... I was living in a shitty flat on my own. I was completely broken um, at the time. I didn't have any money because my wife and I were, 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 were splitting up and so on. Um, yeah, it, it, it felt like I was doing that thing of just allowing people to see the bits that I wanted them to see and that didn't feel quite right to me in the end. I think we all do that though, don't we? You know, we, yeah. I, think, I think we all do that and I think it takes a... I think it takes a brave individual to show people, you know, your blooper reel or, you know, your, it'll be all right on the night parts. I do. I, I think it isn't. I think when it comes to, to mental health, there's still, although barriers have been broken down, there's still a massive stigma around it. And I think certainly with, with men as well, you know, we, we, we still, some of us, me included, sometimes we've got to be the one that takes everything on our shoulders and, you know, we don't suffer, but we're human, aren't we? So when you, when you, when you, when you, well, the, the best, the, what I loved about what you said is when you came out, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, fantastic. It's, it's what it felt like. It, it, it felt, no, and, and that's actually, that, that's unfair. I've no idea what coming out as a gay yeah. person feels yeah. like, but I know from my point of view, it felt like mm. there was a part of me that I wasn't being completely honest with mm. people about and that I needed people to, to, to know and understand mm. that part of me as well. I, I I've got much better at this. I'm age 50 now. I was 50 this year. I've got much better at not, not, not caring what people think about, about me. But if, if me having had mental health problems was enough to put people off doing business with me, then, then I was actually perfectly comfortable with that. And they probably weren't the right clients for me anyway. So it was that moment where I decided to, to, to just, just be honest about me Hmm. in the background, Danny, I had, a number of male friends who I'd been chatting to for a while, who I knew that they were, were struggling. Um, going back to, I think, 2011 or maybe 2012, but you know, famously, me and Brad Burton went and had um, breakfast in a McDonald's at six o'clock in the morning um, when Brad was completely broken. Yeah. And, and he, you know, he's talked openly about that. I'm not betraying any confidences. I, I think it's... It is particularly time for men to understand that it's all right to not mm. be all right for a while. Mm. In, in, I decided to do this podcast with you this afternoon, even though I'm not feeling great today. You, you know that I've been off um, sort of sick for a couple of weeks. I've got a backstroke leg problem. And, and interestingly, I've not been able to work very much in that couple of weeks. And my mood has really gone down. Mm. This is me speaking to you now really honestly. It's um, people won't pick it up because I'm doing what I do for, for, for a living here. I'm, I'm sort of performing. But I was really aware in the last few weeks that it wasn't just the physical stuff that was going wrong for me. I could feel my mood going down again. And well, I've, I've lived my life not being able to admit that because you couldn't talk to your boss or, or someone like that about it. It wasn't the done thing, which is why I decided to start talking about it. So do you think now then that experience has taught you when you are as you, as, you, as you put it, going down a bit, where before were you not aware that you were going down or were you aware but maybe ignoring it? What's the difference between then and now? There's a lot of differences. I'm, not, I'm in a fortunate position now that I'm not in the same financial bother that I was back, back then. So back then, you know, 2018 and in the, the, the years running up to that, I couldn't afford to ever take any time off. Mm. Um, I had to keep working to, to keep paying the bills. And I'd gone past the edge where I was aware of what was going on. So I think now, you know, if you have a rubbish couple of weeks, it, it's all right. I noticed that. I'm very aware of it. I'd gone way past that that point where I didn't know how, how down I was. And, and to be completely clear with your listeners, because I'm, I'm, I'm aware we've, you know, we've talked about me talking about it, but I haven't been specific. Yeah. Um, July the 5th, 2018, I was 
um, detained under Section 136 of the Mental Health Act. Um, what's currently what people usually call sections, which means that I was effectively arrested by the police um, in the act of of trying to do some harm to myself. Um, that was 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 what was going on, and, and then spent a week in, in a, um, a mental hospital for, for for want of a better word. They're, they're not they don't call themselves that anymore. Um, I, I, I think the thing that changed is that when I came out of hospital, I hadn't actually had any treatment. I'd had an awful lot of time to think. Um, I hadn't actually had any treatment. And then when I was released, I was told that there was a 14-month wait for, for me to be assessed for treatment. Oh, um, so for, for, for particularly what they, they thought I had, um, there was a 14-month wait for, for, for me to, to be assessed to get any treatment for just that. For assessment. So that's not treatment, yeah. is it? That's just assessment. Yeah, so I would apply and then wait 14 months. And they were they were very clear that, you know, some people drop off um, the waiting list at that point. And, and, and for me, I know this won't be the same for, for everyone, and there's no right or wrong here. For me, that realising that the buck stopped with me, yeah. that... I was going to have to work this out on my own. That was actually quite useful for me. Um, it, it, it meant that I had to learn to to get on with things, had to learn my own coping mechanisms. And, and, and so what that means now, bringing it back to the present day, is that when I feel like that, when I know that I'm getting quite fed up, that you know I've not been very well, not been able to work, feel like I'm feel like I'm letting people down because I've got regular clients and that sort of thing. Um, I know what I need to do now, you know, mm. get out for a walk, um, write lists of stuff mm. so that I actually quantify how much I've got to do so I'm not lying awake panic at it, panicking. Um, budget so I can yeah. see that I have actually got enough money to, to, to pay for stuff this month. We're not going to run out. It's fine. Um, and, and, and now I know that I need to, to do that stuff and get regular sleep, make sure I get out in, in, in the open air and so on. Beforehand, I'd just gone past that point. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. see, I couldn't see where I was anymore. And I was doing a really good job of hiding it from the people around me as well. So, so could you take us back then to pre, how would you term it? Was it a, did they class it as a breakdown or pre, you know, what, what, what was the terminology? What, what can we call it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there ever was any terminology really. Oh. Um, it's really, yeah, I mean, I, I describe it as a breakdown because people understand that, but it wasn't, I mean, I was actually quite, you know, I was quite lucid. I, I get up and get showered and get dressed every day. So one of the challenges that medical professionals has, has had had, still have, um, I didn't look the part. Yeah. Um, so in, in the run up to that, yeah, I, I, I all of the, um, uh, all of the sort of traditional stuff, a load of really poor decisions on my part, um, which which led to the breakup of of, of my marriage. Um, you know that was down to to, to me um, as a re- not just as a result of that, but as a result of some stuff that had happened in, in two thousand and seven. Um, you know, by twenty seventeen, I was still in a load of financial mm. bother to to the extent that you know, I was having bailiffs turn up at the, mm. the door of my flat and that sort of thing. Um, and you, I just got to the point where you just think, oh, have I got, have I got another day of this? Have I got another week of this? Am I going to have some aggressive man knocking at the door again, wanting to take my car away? Um, that had happened a couple of weeks before, you know, you, you just start to think. And then I, um, yeah, I, I, I actually, just as I'm talking to you now, which was what disturbed her the most, um, I I put in a call to to Maria, my ex-wife, um, and just I just told her what I was going to do. Purely matter of fact, told her I, that I was saying goodbye, um, and that I'd made little packages up for for each of my three sons, um, which I had. Um, and um, yeah, she did the right thing, even though I I didn't like it for her at the time. She actually called my mum, who called nine nine nine. And and if you ever want to believe in a big brother um, state, then the um, uh, the police were able to track where I was because of my registration plate um, right. and traffic cameras. They knew exactly where I was on the road system in in the county um, and were able to track me down. You know, and I 
I was really angry with my um, parents for, for for doing it at the time. I wasn't really seeing straight um, or thinking straight, more to the point. But you know, in in hindsight, um, really grateful to, to to them for what they did at the time. Uh, so, so yeah. can can you in looking back, can you see a point where all this what what the the trigger was for all this to start? Because I think with things like this, it's not just one thing. It's it's as you've alluded to a build up of you know, bad decisions, which lead to consequences, which then come on to you, which you have to deal with. Can you, can you pinpoint one aspect where like, it it was like the start pistol had gone and and you could, and you know, when it had all begun or was it a, can you not do that? I don't think I can. I think it's more of a state of mind. And I I know what the state of mind was for me, where it, where it started to go wrong. And I, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint exactly this, but I, I thought that that happiness was based on what I had. Um, and that was in terms of, you know, what I had in um, material terms, what I owned, um, relationships and so on. And so I found myself constantly chasing happiness or excitement, um, uh, yeah, more excitement and thrill seeking. And And the thing with that is that it's a never ending game. You yeah. never you never have enough. You're always looking for, for the next thing and it becomes exhausting and you end up hurting a ton of people along the way as well. And um, spending money that you don't have on things that you don't need to impress people that you don't like. Um, you know, I, I, or very, I don't know, very sort of middle-class, Middle England stuff, really. Try, constantly looking for the next thing to make me happy. Hmm. So, you know, I'd written the book. If I could... If I'd gone back 10 years and, and, and said, what does someone successful look like? Or, you know, let you know, take someone who's written two books. Mm. And um, at the time, you know, I, I'd just been a director of a national company and an in, international company at the time. And I was speaking on international stages. And, mm. and if I'd gone back, you know, 10 years, that all of that was my epitome of, yeah. of success. And yet I, I didn't feel it in here. So it wasn't necessarily a tipping point, but afterwards is is when I've learned that I have to look for happiness in in here first. Mm. And when you crack that, I know it sounds very trite, but when you when you work that out for yourself that the happiness has yeah. got to come from within you and you've got to start um or stop rather chasing stuff. Um it's just a never-ending chase. That, well, and it, think- it, it exhausted me. Why do you think then that all these things that, you know, if you'd have looked, looked back 10 years and gone, God, look, what's, look what I've done of all these speaking gigs. I'm traveling Europe. I'm writing books. I'm running a national company. I'm into, you know, all these things you'd achieved and were achieving. Why do you think they weren't fulfilling you? I'm sure I'm clever enough to know um, is, is the answer to, to that. I, I think it was that big. It, 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 for me, that period was a little bit like we've we've all had the big red reset button pressed this year through no fault of our own going into hospital was the big red reset button for for me and and this year has been again as well a chance to actually absolutely step back and think i really really don't want to end up here again so what do i need to do now going forward to make sure that never happens again and and that's what i've done since stopped chasing stuff Mm. um yeah, I think that answers the question. It, it was that there's there's quite a lot of things I can't really pinpoint or don't even understand myself, mm. but I know I had to stop doing them and start doing something else to to make it work. Yeah. So in, in the run up to to where you rang your wife and explained what was going to happen, can you remember what you actually said to her? Not, not word for word, no, but. What, what I do know and, and what she's remarked on since is that I was really, really matter of fact, yeah. um, which is quite a big tell apparently for the emergency services yeah. and that sort of thing. I, I, there wasn't, um, there wasn't any emotion left, Danny. There wasn't, yeah. it, it, this was, um, I had made my mind yeah. up to do yeah. something and yeah. something that was going to upset certainly my, my, my sons, um, and you know, my parents, my sisters and, and, and so on. Um, but I had made my mind up and I was really quite, like I say, matter of fact about yeah, yeah, it. And yeah. I think that was what, that was what shocked her the, the, the most. And that was what prompted her to, yeah. 
you know, to, to do something yeah. about it, which yeah. I'm, I'm very glad that she did. So you're quite secure in your decision. You know, there were no, yeah, no emotion around time. it. Like, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, the, the police, I mean, fair play, the amount of time of the police that I wasted, or, you know, in, in, in my opinion, wasted that morning, you know, keeping a guy on the phone who, who kept talking to me for an hour, um, and then eventually agreeing to pull over so that his mates could pick me up and that sort of thing. It was, um, you know, the, the police, once they were on it, do I have to say, do an absolutely fantastic, no, they're obviously very highly trained. They knew exactly what yeah. to do, exactly what to say to me. And, and just to get me to go on for another minute, go on for another 15 minutes, go on for another hour so that they could remove me to a place where I couldn't do anything to, to myself. And that's, um, yeah, that's, so there's, there's bits that I remember vividly, but it, it, it was that sort of, yeah, decision had been made thing. Can I, can I just raise something, Steph, that w- what you said then is, um, you know, wasting police time. Yeah, I know. Now, now I know you know this, but the, if like you're talking about your back and your leg, when you go to the doctors or the hospital, you don't feel you're wasting the time, do you? No, it's and, and and the police made that point to me because I remember having the conversation with them, and you know, and they, they, they a, it's their job, and they didn't want me to do what I was going to do, and and a female police officer, I can't remember her name, but she said, you know, we're the people who have to go and tell your family if you do do it. She said, so it's not, it's not victimless. She said, you know, had you gone through with it. I'd have had to have turned up and told your wife, your mum and dad. And, and she said, then I have to go home and I have to get up and go to work the next day and don't believe it doesn't affect me having to do stuff like that. So that was, she wasn't, she wasn't being um, nasty in any no. way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I said something to her like, you know, uh, you, you guys were going to find me and I know that you're experienced in dealing with this. And she said, don't ever believe that it doesn't affect us mm. every time we have to do it. So no, it, uh, you know, I was smiling when I said it yeah, was, I, know I, I was mean, wasting yeah, their yeah. time, but it's uh, something that I will say. I, at the time I felt like I was wasting everyone's yeah. time. I didn't feel like I was worthy of, and this is a, this is a difficulty because men sometimes you know, I won't phone Danny. Danny's busy, so I won't. Yeah. I won't pick up the phone to Danny. Yeah, yeah. And 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 actually, there's a post going around Facebook. You know, I, I would. Um, I'd much rather listen to 15 minutes of your shit when you're feeling down, than have to listen to to your obituary afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I I want I want blokes to know that as well. That yeah. even if I'm really really busy. If I'm their mate and they're really not feeling it and they need mm. to pick up the phone and talk to someone, I'll message Danny Mafaru and mm. say, mate, can't do the podcast yeah. today. I've got something yeah, else yeah. to do. Yeah. I'll not go to a meeting. I'll take that call because mm. sometimes sometimes you just need to talk to someone in that moment. And I, even if we think that no one's going to be interested and we're going to be wasting someone's time, I promise anyone who's listening mm. that one of your mates has got time this afternoon yeah. to listen to you. I think that's a condition of a deterioration in your mental health, isn't it, though? You know, it, it's no one, you know, such little self-worth that people have about themselves that they don't feel that anyone's bothered. Or um, yeah. when, when you know, thinking about yourself and when you said earlier that, you know, obviously it would affect your sons and your immediate family, what struck me about that, and that is what I think everyone would think about first, they're the people right in front of them. But the hundreds of people that you know in the business scene you know, you probably don't think that now. Maybe now, when when, when stepping back, but the the effect you not being here would have had on the, the the business scene and your network and and the people you interact with on a daily basis. And it's not tens; we're talking hundreds of people that run businesses across the UK. The impact of that would have been immense as well. You know, so, so I think that's when that's why people sometimes struggle to understand when you know someone like yourself who's achieved what you've done. Is, is 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 normal quote if you know what i mean does yeah, yeah. And, and and it's really it's really important for people to know that having mental health episodes having times of poor mental health or mental illness that's normal as well and and yeah i i was there was someone famously um who sort of poked me a few years ago and and 
I think I once said somewhere that I, you know, I was feeling a bit down and, and they said, you know, but compare yourself to everyone else in the world and you're actually doing really well. But it, it wasn't that. It, it's not, no one should feel guilty because, you know, if they've made a lot of money, if they've made a successful business or a successful career, they're still entitled to feel down. They still might have mental health episodes and we, we know, you know, high profile comedians, singers, entertainers who've, who've ended up taking their own life. Um, you know, singers who are at the top of their game in, in the sort of music that I'm into. And, and so it, it's not to do with how well someone's doing on everyone else's measure. It's, it's down to how they're feeling yeah, inside. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there is that point when, when you're chasing happiness outside of yourself, and I know Brad's talked to, about this as well. There is that point when all of a sudden I've got the book, mm. I'm speaking on stage in Europe, and you're thinking, but it, it ain't worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got over the lines that I, if I achieve this, I'll be successful, yeah. but yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm still not feeling it in here. And I think that comes, I think that comes to a lot. I'm sure it comes to a lot of people. I think it comes to a lot of men. Yeah. When we've we, we've got the title, it says you know what, who we are on our business card, but we're still not feeling that success in in, in here. Yeah, I, I, I read a lot, listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books, watch a lot of YouTube videos, and, it, and everyone says that you know there's you know, all these people that say I'll be happy when when I get that posh, when I get that sports car, when I get that big house, I'll be happy, and, and they say no, you won't be, because that is not where happiness comes from, and I think. You know, it's what, what you've alluded to, all these things you achieved. And, you know, I still see you now walking on stage and giving the, it was, was it like that, was it? In the, in the, yeah. and, and you were on fire, you know. And, and for, for someone to, if you could pause that and go, this guy here is, you know, struggling with his mental health, who would have believed you? Yeah, I, I, watched, um, I watched a documentary the other night about a, a, a comedian who was really... At everywhere in the 1990s, a guy called Tony Slattery, who um, you know, ended up drinking a lot, and alcoholism is 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 his particular um, condition, illness. But he was on the telly every night, and 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 you know the other people that we know, the the the, the George Bests, the people like that, who no matter what they've done, they've still got that inner demon that leads yeah. them to, to drink. Drinking was a part of my issue as well. Um, and, and leads them to other things. And again, you know, it's, we, I think we've also got some quite unhealthy role models in that quite a lot of the people who, who we see, who you and I probably watch every day on places like YouTube, um, give this impression that we should all be able to get up and do a 15 hour day every day, that everything will be fine. Do you just roll with the rejection, get used to people saying no, um, learn to love your failures and everything like that. And I think a load of that's really unhealthy mm. because actually sometimes I start, I get really pissed off mm. or I, I make a bad decision in business and it's all right, I think, to, to allow that to affect you a little bit and not to feel guilty mm. that you should be somehow aspiring to these huge unhealthy role models that nothing should affect you mentally or emotionally no, I, um, I agree with you totally i think i think a lot of these people that are the other people you're talking about i think they're speaking with hindsight they'll have most likely experienced what everyone else experienced but they've either learned you know to 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 see the triggers and deal with them or paid hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> to for someone to help them with it where so many people speak in hindsight. A lot of business people, oh, well, do this, do that. And I thought, well, when you just started out, did you know any of this? No, well, don't expect me to. And that's, I think, with mental health. You know, it's when you're starting out on your mental health journey, you just don't know. I, I, personally, that's my opinion. And I feel that, like, you, I see your mental health like your fingerprint completely. You know, and also, it, it, it is. It, it's such a personal thing. And I think you're right. I'm 50 years old now. I've got a lot of that behind me. Mm. I can look back and give advice now. And, and at the same time, everyone has to live it for themselves. Yeah. And, and if, if, if we can just make someone else pick up the phone once or make someone else realize that it's not just you, you're not the 
only man who's struggling with this and you shouldn't feel guilty about talking to your doctor about it or talking to to someone about it i would love to i i never set out on this little journey thinking that it would help people it was it was more selfish it was more mm. to, to help myself mm. but i would love to think that just one more person might pick up the phone and that would actually be um a bonus that 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 really would you, you may have already just when you said that, as, as you've said it, something struck me. And I'm thinking, well, this guy here has written three books on something you're an authority on. What, are, you, are, you, are you going to write a book on this? Yeah, we started it and, and I, I paused it. Um, I started it a year or 18 months ago um, as, as a joint project with, with my wonderful friend, Lisa Cherry, um lisa is she's been a big part of my networking journey and she is actually a, a proper academic expert on yeah. on all of this stuff on, on trauma um and and resilience and psychology and i started writing it and something wasn't quite right and and so chapter one and two are, are written and they're sat there um what was going to happen was that the book was going to be my way of telling people about my story um and then it felt fairer is the best word I can come up with to the people around me um if I dealt with the sort of coming out with it in in a in a different way um not just in a book because obviously mm. I've, I've I've talked to you this afternoon about my mum and dad's role in it about my ex-wife's role in it and so on and and it felt fairer to them um and to to you know my sisters and, and people like that if if um yeah, if, if, that, if all of that wasn't written down in a book the first time that people read it, yeah. that, that probably makes more sense to me than it does to no, anyone no, else. No, no, I totally understand it. it. Just, yeah. I started writing the book and I just wasn't comfortable with yeah. it. That was the... And I'm, I'm... An awful lot of people have come out in the last couple of years as mental health experts, and I'm not. I'm not even an expert in Steph Thomas's mental health, so I don't pretend to be an expert in anyone else's. And, and, and so there was part of me that just felt... Um, I'm not the right person to write this book. Um, I should leave it to people who won't actually, that there is a danger sometimes with all of this, that it is, it is people's lives that, that, that we're potentially um, affecting. So I just felt, yeah, right. So started it, pulled away from it. Uh, no, that, you see, I'm just, just me to you, Steph. I think you're obviously a fantastic author. So, you know, you're an expert at writing a book, shall we say. You obviously now know you've done the full, if you like, 360 mental health journey. And I don't mean that in disrespect to your mental health or anyone's. I, I just think if you wrote a book, it would be fantastic. And I think people would, the people that, you know, you'd have hundreds of people buying it off the bat anyway that, that know you. But I think it'd be invaluable, Steph. I do. You know, I, and, and, and I, I just... I think if you did it, I, I, it'd be brilliant. I, I, I'm really flattered that you say it, and you know this. I mean, you and I have talked about this in the past, but when you do something in business, for, for me, I have to really, really feel it, and and I just wasn't feeling it at the time. I, it, you know, it, it might come when the time's right for me, um, but you know what it's like. You particularly... Uh, uh, writing a book is hundreds of hours of of effort to put into it and for me i have to really i have to really want to do that to yeah, to, yeah, to get yeah. behind it yeah. um and i have to i have to be able to see in here exactly what the finished product's going to look yeah. like and i haven't i haven't got that straight either I, I don't know exactly um how the book begins and ends yeah. um, you can't you can't force it as you're saying you can't, yeah. you can't force writing a book yeah i can yeah. i can understand that but you, when you talk about the role that your family played in it is there any specific part or anything that, that, that hits you that you think has helped you get to where you are now that anyone said or did or? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it's a bizarre thing, but I didn't think that anyone would be asked if I wasn't here. And I'm, I'm not... I'm not laughing because that's not, funny. I'm, it's, I'm not overstating that. You know, I, I, I thought that people might be upset for a little while, mm. but I didn't think it would be. And, and actually, you know, my, my, my mum was quite honest with me that morning about how she was, was, was feeling. And, um, you know, we've, we've talked about it since and that, and, and this is, this isn't to say that they didn't care because they always did. 
but there was something about you know i really realized around that period that people really did care mm. um and it, you know, having got that behind me um someone you know again facebook memes you know there's something on facebook that says sometimes you have to break down completely before you can rebuild mm. and and i've been able to rebuild the person that i should have been in the first place rather than constantly putting this mask on mm. that i was someone else mm. And, and an example of that is that you and I are a week late recording this because last week I was honest enough to say to you with with, with, with my bad leg, um, which is all it is. But but with that, you know, I just wasn't, yeah. I wouldn't have come across in the right way. I, I was so um, fed up a week or so ago. I didn't want to do this with yeah. you. Three years ago, I would have just gone ahead and done yeah. it and put on an act and felt worse afterwards. These days, I've got much better at saying, right, let's look at my diary. Yeah. Actually, I don't have to do that yeah. today yeah. Um, if I'm really not feeling it. It's, it's all of that sort of thing that, that, that I think is, I've rebuilt myself to be the person who I should have been beforehand. That's, yeah. that's what it feels like now. So when, when you said like, um, that you didn't think people would be asked, that, that to me, obviously, not obviously, but if someone is at the point of taking the life, the self-esteem must be can't get any lower, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, and is how have you how have you actively built your self-esteem back up? So, you know, you, you talk about you know becoming this person that you should have been. What what are you doing to 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 to, to become the person that you should have been? I've I've become a lot more grateful for the little things, and I've learned to understand that the little things are the big things. Um, so. I've stopped chasing stuff. Um, you know, I, I stopped chasing, I don't know, material possessions and, and excitement and, and things like that. And actually learnt consciously to look at what I have got and realize how grateful I, I should be for that. And as a result of that, um, you know, some more things have, have come into my life. I, I, I live with my partner, Sharon, these days. And that only happened when I really got to grips with, with who I was, that I met the right person for, for me. Um, and, and it was that there's a, there's a, a book and I can't remember the name of the author to, to name check her, but the book is called the froth on the cappuccino. And, and it's a great book about just appreciating the little things in life about going out for a walk and realizing that life's pretty good, that the world is pretty beautiful and I wake up in in a warm bed in a in a dry room every day, and and just starting to accept a little and being mindful and noticing the little things, mm. and realizing that I had enough money was the point at which the business started to take off. So then, yeah. you know, we've yeah. got more than we need. Um, uh, focusing constantly on whether I would have enough money was one of the things that, that was bizarrely leading me to, yeah. to not have enough. Um, that's a little bit out there, but it's, you know, a oh, no, question of focus and belief and, and so on. So it's, yeah. How have, have you flipped that then? Just using the money as, a, as an example then. How have you flipped it from, you know, concerning yourself all the time if you've got enough to then, you know, sort of, I don't know if the right terms accepting or understanding, because I've read and seen and felt myself that when you stop chasing stuff sometimes it, it, it can come maybe law of attraction maybe some people believe in that so what yeah. did you do to flip that your, your relationship with money how did you how did you change that um i i actually worked with someone the very wonderful cressy landless um uh hey cressy um i worked with the very wonderful cressy landless and i i don't actually quite know what she did but in a few sessions with cressy i talked to her about what I described as a as a working class glass ceiling, um, you know, I'd always grown up knowing that certain people made money and certain people didn't, yeah. and I was definitely one of the ones who didn't. It wasn't my my place in life to do that. Um, and what you know, you, what I, made I, you think that, Steph? Um, I, I just think because I, I came out of the the sort of traditional working class background um, where you know, grandfather was a, a barber. My other grandfather was a, a butcher, even though he'd, he'd, he'd risen to, um, to, to be the manager of a number of butchers shops and, and that sort of thing. And you just, you sort of knew your, your, your place in life. Oh. Um, I, I don't, I don't often do the, the sort of, um, 
working class bit, but I did grow up on a council estate. I did, um, you, you know, there were other people who had big expensive cars and that sort of thing. And I think when you've just had that um, sort of reinforced throughout your childhood, not, not necessarily by my parents, but just by society, society. just by life, um, there were posh people at school and they were different to us somehow. Mm. I didn't really know how, but I knew that I wasn't one of them. Mm. And yeah, I think I needed that shaking out of me. And it was, you know, it was in my late forties before I got myself shook out of that. Um, do, you think that's, do you think that's why you were chasing material things then? Due to your, I, do you know what? I think there's some pride, some perverse, ridiculous pride in not having and having your back up against the wall. Um, I've talked about this to a couple of people, but but never publicly like this, that something about me really thrived on that, um, talking myself out of tight situations, yeah. negotiating myself yeah. out of yeah. debt, out of something about me, loved that a little bit too much. I, I enjoyed the struggle too much. And, and you know, had grown up, surrounded by, by 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 struggle certainly in the early part of of my life um you know we the friends and, and family and that sort of thing just only ever just had enough money to scrape through um and and i think yeah there was a bit of a bit too much pride in in being that person and it's perverse when you when you look back at it there was something about the bailiffs at the door the dealing with debt collectors and that sort of thing that somehow I was thriving on it for t far too long. Um, right. And yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Uh, it's something that I don't even completely understand myself. Right. So, so what, what did uh, Chrissy do then to, to change your relationship with money? Or what, what did you do? What did she help you with? I think we, we, we knew that I had, I don't really know because some of it was done in a sort of, hypnosis and nlp oh. setting um and, and 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 also it's it's sort of cressy's um trademark so yeah. I'll, I'll leave her to still be able to, to 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 make money out of that but it was looking at the different aspects of me the the, the aspect that believed i was entrepreneurial but also the one who thrived and had a bit of a probably a chip on my shoulder unconsciously about about not ever breaking through not ever quite making it being the underdog um and i was always a bit too comfortable in that position really even though you know someone who's written books and that sort of thing should which is a terrible world <laughs> a terrible word but you know could definitely have been achieving more and that sort of thing it was um yeah got there in the end anyway. yeah yeah so so you've to, to you what you know what we're sort of saying is you you've accessed professional help as well you know to 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 move on or you know move forward or become i'm really lucky because yes I, I i used to be national network director for a very uh for for networking for it's not the bbc is it i can talk about things but you know for a very large networking organization i've i obviously talk about networking so i've got a very big network of yeah. people and one of the great things about that is that when when someone like cressy comes into your life who who i just knew was the right therapist counselor yeah. coach for me um that i was able to to work with her and then then we get back to the bit about building the person that i should have been because from then on i've been able to be a lot more patient not constantly chasing the next pound but realizing that if i'm patient and do things in the way that i always should have done them yeah. that the rewards in the medium to long term are much greater than the rewards in the short term and i've i've got good at that now much are you, better at that are you spiritual you know and what i mean by that is people you know talk about law of attraction and, and uh, affirmations and things like that is that sort of thing you practice or on and off um not great at i'm, I'm born and raised a catholic hmm. um so spiritual in that respect certainly believe in the law of attraction and that sort of thing i'm I'm not great at practicing it. I, I keep meaning to do meditation and that sort of thing and then not quite doing it. Um, affirmations, I never quite get round yeah. to either. So it's, it's not been that. It's been a more, it's been a more fundamental belief and, and getting back to being patient um, and giving loads and loads of advice out for free, which I do now and knowing that the rewards will, will come. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I'd always believed in if I did enough 
um, putting stuff out there that enough yeah. would come back. It's really difficult to do that when you've got to pay the mortgage in three days yeah, and you've yeah. got to make sales. Yeah. I, I realize I'm in a, a really fortunate position these days, but yeah, that was part of building back up who, who, who I should be. So, so do you have a, like a, a, a routine now that you follow, you know, day to day, month to month, week to week, you know, what, what things are you conscious of now to, to keep you from, you know, maybe um, taking a couple of steps back, shall we say? Yeah, for me, it's been the whole thing that, that working hard, which I was brought up to believe was was a real virtue you know working long hours and that sort of thing actually isn't necessarily what's right for me and it's not right for a lot of entrepreneurs either i i take time off every day now and, and sharon and i go for a walk if we yeah. can um go out for lunch or breakfast when you know as we're recording this we can't do that obviously but when they're all open again um working four days a week which is i say it's a, a recent um a recent thing it's not that recent but in the last couple of months i've sort of formalized that and i don't work fridays anymore um realizing that i personally can be more effective working less hours and having more rest hmm. than going flat out all the time and burning myself out every couple of years and and it's it's that sort of realization that sort of rebuilding rebuilding my life in a way that suits me hmm. um and and I know that's that's maybe not helpful because it's not I don't have a magic hour every yeah. morning when I do affirmations and that sort of thing. That's just that's never been my bag, really. Yeah. So there's no you, there's no magic bullet, is there? You know, you just no. sort of yeah, like I say, it's personal. So what works for you might not work for me, and vice versa. But I do feel that there's a theme of what you're saying, yeah. and you know, it, you know, it might not work for everyone taking Friday off, and it might not work for everyone going out for breakfast every day. But I totally. Some of the, a lot of the stuff you've said totally and utterly 100% resonates with me, you know, with what you've said and the, the patience aspect of it, you know, being more patient and, and things like that and, and, and chasing and, and things like that. You know, it, it certainly, you know, resonated with me on a personal level as well, you know. So I, I'm, I, I'm sat here thinking, shit, you know, I need to, you know, I need to be more, I am aware of, of the things you're telling me but I don't do anything about it, you know, cause I'm just, no. I'm just so busy. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I've, I've learned that you don't have to be busy all the time and it's horrible because there's so much reinforcement that we need to, and you need to be constantly chasing it. And I, I love Gary Vaynerchuk and, and on my bookcase here, I've got a ton of Gary Vaynerchuk books, but that whole working 15, yeah. 18 hours a day, that yeah. whole hustle thing for yeah. me was just unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and I'm good with that. I'm good with, you know, I'm maybe not going to be as rich as I would have been. Um, but, but I'm enjoying life now. Yeah. And that for me is, yeah. one it's of the fine, things that, 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 that I think you're juggling, not you, but you're juggling all the time. Like you say, well, doing all this work to get this, but then it may be not fulfilling me anyway. And trying to find that balance of, yeah. you know, and I think it's, I don't know. I don't who's whoever, has got that and it'll make a ton of money on it because you know who knows what that is but i think you know what you what you said and everything you've said resonates with so many people especially the entrepreneurial side of you when you were saying about you, you having your back to the wall and being under pressure a lot of entrepreneurs are like that weren't they where they'll they're not procrastinate but they're only effective when they're in the trenches yeah you know and, and if everything's going smooth i've known and read and heard of people that actually you know sabotage you know yeah i've i've done that to myself so yeah. many times over the yeah. years smashed it up yeah and not really known why um but not completely been comfortable with never been completely comfortable with you know a fair wind when yeah. When, yeah. when everything's steady yeah yeah and I've, I've read that and seen with so many entrepreneurs that you know the oh, it's a bit boring and they like a bit of a bit of chaos and a bit of yeah pressure and things like that and 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 a bit a bit of self-sabotage and things so so no you know steph you know for sharing this you know i really 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 appreciate it and and i know you know you've said things like i didn't think anyone would be bothered and you know what do you feel proud of yourself for for, for, for for telling people or for sharing your experiences no um no it, and that's not why i did it it's not um didn't I do feel proud of myself for some things. I feel mm. proud of myself for, for writing the books. You know, that was a, um, 
you know, I've, I've got a business which is doing all right. I feel proud of myself for that. I feel very proud of my sons, but no, not this. Mm. This is, and, and, and I don't feel proud of myself for having appendicitis in the past either or having broken my ankle. And I think that's the, that's the thing, Danny. It's, it shouldn't be, mental health shouldn't be any more unusual or out of the ordinary yeah, than crazy. the fact that, you know, I had, I had my appendix out when I was 25. I'm not proud of that. And I'm not proud of the fact that my yeah. mental health. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean by that? It's just yeah, yeah, it, I do. It, it's something that that is just me. It's just yeah. part of all of us. And I'd love to get to the stage where where that's just the same for everyone that we can talk about that. Just we yeah. don't have to be embarrassed yeah. about going to the doctor about that yeah. any more than we do about the fact that we've broken our ankle. Yeah. But I think more people, you know, with your profile you know doing things like this you know not my little podcast but putting things on facebook and hopefully i think at some point doing a book steph uh you know and and you know i'm not trying to you know map your next stage thing for you but literally speaking about this on stage and stuff steph you know that you know because i think you know going back to when i've seen you on stage has been three four five hundred people in the audience probably more every one of them will have and at some time struggled or had a deterioration in their mental health so it's, yeah. it's like a, it's a ubiquitous thing that we've all got so you know it, it's not you know sometimes if you're, if you're speaking on stage and you're talking about i don't know selling jam not everyone likes jam so they, some yeah. might switch off where with what you've discussed here and what you've experienced and what you're you know overcoming if that's the correct term and i, I think you've always, I, i'm always trying to be careful that i don't you know, sort of underplay or use terms that are disrespectful to what people have gone through, you know, so like overcoming it, is, is it, is it wrong? Is it right? I don't know, but I'm trying to, you know, just to say that when, when you're going, when you, this journey you're on and what you've achieved and then what you've achieved now to be where you are now after what you experienced, it, it, you know, I, I, if I had a hat, I'd take it off. Cause I just think, you know, you, you seem so, just looking at you and listening to you now, you seem so calm and relaxed and at ease with yourself. Yeah, I think I am now. Um, I think I am. I, I think that's accurate as well. Um, you know, I'm in a better place than I have been for, for years. Um, and that's probably a good end to, to this conversation mm. because for all of those people who are going through it, there is another side. Yeah. I know that everyone's told this and it's sometimes really, really difficult to believe it. But there is another side of it. You do come out of the darkness in the end. And I, I know that from my experience and from other wonderful people around me who I've spoken to who've, who've been through it themselves. And I am. Yeah, I'm all right now. I'm enjoying stuff. Brilliant, Steph. Well, thanks so much again. I really, really, really appreciate this. Uh, good luck with the next book. Thank you, mate. Because you've got to do it. <laughs> you've got to do it. And uh, thanks so much. I'll catch you up soon, Steph. Yeah, will do. Thanks, thanks ever so much, Danny. Take care. Cheers, bud.